I love film. I've always loved film. I love like just the stories that you can tell, I feel like through film. But one of the things that's always been a pet peeve of mine is that like the only movie I feel like what they've ever filmed on St. Martin was like some movie called Speed or something, which was like an American film where pretty much like a cruise ship or something crashed into the island. And that's like the only, that's it. Like that was like the only time we've ever been in like cinematic history. And that's been so annoying because for me, I feel like St. Martin people are just so freaking incredible and hilarious and just like just like content gold in my eyes that it makes no sense that as part of even like our marketing scheme like telling our own stories and like creating films we're never really a part of that and when I see people like you that are actually like taking that leap to create content that tells our stories it's like really about the people featuring the people like that's so incredible to see Um, and it's really good and hilarious and it's just like the types of shit that you wouldn't see anywhere else but it hits that like string of like ah that shit is good like like, oh oh my god like yes um but I'm curious like where did that, you know, even interest in film or like cinema or, you know, just getting behind the camera and capturing, you know, these these stories of the voices of St. Martin people in St. Martin English, which I feel like also doesn't really get seen that much unless you're on the island. Like what sparked that for you? Well, okay, before I, before I talk about that, I just want to um, touch on the speed thing you mentioned earlier. Yeah, that that's like the, one of the only things, but... There was one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies where they shot on the friend side. I don't know if you saw that one. Which one? It was the I think it was part six or was it part five? But yeah. But um my journey started when uh in high school I had some friends that would do some videos. Shout out to Ion, aka Young Space Cadet. Are you mean? And um Jomi. Uh, I had some friends that basically would do videos and stuff and then one day they asked me if I wanted to be to act in one of the videos and I was like, okay, cool, no problem. So from there, I started to my interest started in with the with the skits. It was it was fun, you know, and it's cool. You know, you're having fun with friends, shooting videos and stuff like that, and you're being creative. So that sparked the interest, you could say. And then after that, um I didn't know it was my passion, but like like Things, things, things kind kind of fell into place. You could say where now I can't even see myself um living without <laughs> without doing something or like pursuing this film thing on a professional level. You know, like I feel like I was put on this earth to do it, and it took me a while to to even realize that. Cause for me, I was one of those people where um. I don't want to say I wasn't talented at anything, but I didn't really, I wasn't really passionate about something, you know? And I found that, that film thing, I found it, like, later on in life, where everybody else had, like, their natural talents, and it was like, okay, I can see this person doing this as a career, I can see them doing that. But for me, I kind of found film late in my career. It felt like, yeah, this is it. Like, this is this is me right here, and this was meant for me, you know? So, yeah, it started with friends, just some friends asking me to be in a video, and I was like, okay, cool, I'll do it. And then from there on, it slowly, like, build and build and build. Another thing that happened too is I don't know if you know about uh there's this there's this thing called do you do you know director SM? You could say he's like one of the first generation filmmakers for Saint Martin. So it's like one of the the people that started like pushing it, you know, pushing it you could say. And 
he was part of this other company called I Am Media Plus, and they would do like their their like film jobs, but then they also had like content on the site. So there's a lady named um Latoya, shout out Latoya. Uh, yeah, she she basically was telling us that yeah, if you guys have concepts, we would like to meet with you guys and we could film it and stuff like that. And and it was cool. We did a couple projects together, but then after that, they kind of got busy with like the film jobs because you know the, the the skits and stuff is like a passion project. You're not really making money off of it. So of course, like the corporate work that would take priority. So that happened, and then when that happened, we had like a lot of concepts, but we didn't really have anybody to to film it. So. We were like, okay, we could do this ourselves. Let's just do it, you know? So that's when we started, like, filming ourselves. And then, yeah, and then slowly um, we have this thing called Focal Length Studios. Slowly that that turned into Focal Length Studios where we, like, make skits and we just pose them or whatever. And I, I and I have to address something, too. A lot of people, a lot of people been asking us, when are we going to start back posting again? They keep asking us, and like we keep telling them that yeah, we we will we will be posting soon. We can't give like a specific date, but right now we're trying to like create as much content as possible, like in in bulk. Like we're trying to stack so that when we start posting again, we could like be more consistent. Because that was our issue in the past. Like we would just post for a little bit, and then we would disappear, and then post again, and then disappear. But as we want to take this more serious, we want to at least have it have a consistent. Um, we want to have a plan, a strategy, you know, and not just post. So. That's 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 what's been um happening right now. Yeah, the, the the with the film thing as well though. I I always felt like, cause growing up, when you growing up here, it, it's not normal to see um. You could say the island is behind in terms of like filmmaking and in terms of like quality and in terms of standard, right? There, there's a lot of places where where that Hollywood quality or whatever that's the standard, you know. But for here, like when like when we was growing up, when we would see that commercial shot on the island or whatever, it's like, yeah, you could see the difference, you know? So I was one of those people where I want I want the island, and it doesn't even have to be me, but because they have a lot of filmmakers on the island. But I always wanted our island to reach a point where when you see something coming from St. Martin and you see something coming from, like, if you watch Avengers or whatever, you can't see the difference, you know? Because, like, for Bollywood, for example, it's like that. You know, a lot of, a lot of places in the world is like that. You know, they have, even up here in Holland, too, like, it has its own ecosystem, and it's on a professional level. When you see their, their work, you can't tell the difference, you know? And they have the professional gear, like, they, they're bad man. Everybody, yeah, they're doing what they got to do, you know? And I want our island to reach like that, too. Even recently, I saw a commercial. I don't know if you saw a commercial that Ken Bay was in. It was, it was like, a Christmas one, I believe. Um... I don't know if now you didn't see it, but yeah, it was it was it was like funny. You know, it's Kembe, King Kembe, he jokey or whatever. But the commercial, it, it looks like professionally shot. It looked like how the studio was set up, how the lighting was, everything. And I was like, yo, I hit up um, I don't know if you know camera, you're a photographer on the island, you know, yeah, yeah. And he does, he's a videographer. No, I gotta say that too. he's a videographer too. And I hit him up. I was like, yo, you know who shot this? And then he was like, yo, it's people from Curacao that did it. And I was like, okay, yo, that was good. That's dope, but I would have loved to hear that somebody from the island shot that, you know? So, yeah, that, that was just one of my goals. I just want to be able to be one of those people that, that could bring that respect level in terms of quality filmmaking to the island, you know? So that when they see it, because I don't know if you know, but at least back in the back when I was growing up, when you would see like a music video or you would see um anything film-wise, even sometimes music too, when you hear it, they'll be like, oh, that's from St. Martin. And like they would they would associate bad quality with St. Martin, you know? You'd be like, yeah, that, oh, that's from St. Martin, you know? 
like growing up, you always been like that, and like I, yeah, we trying to kill that, you know. <laughs> and I also want, I also want that when, like for the future generations at least, when they, when they, when they see us, they could, they could see themselves being like, they, they could see quality. They have quality to look forward to, you know. And they could be, they could be inspired by us, with our filmmaking and creating in general. Because like for example, no, um, wait, you know BB right? I believe you had an episode with her. I didn't get to see it. Anybody in our in our in, in Saint Martin that go to school or whatever, go to high school or primary school, if they want to be a dancer, right? They have like example BB to look up to, be like, yo, I see she touring, she doing all these things, you know, she dancing on a professional level. I have her to look up to, you know. I want that for like every creative thing. But since filmmaking that was like my world, right? I want I want people to to at least be able to look up to some of us and be like, yeah, this filmmaking thing is possible because I see them doing it, you know. And the first generation. Director SM, them man, even Cameron, I would consider him first generation too. Like, yeah, them man, them man doing their thing. Well, no, I, like, I wouldn't consider Cam first generation. He kind of started late. But Director SM, I would maybe even Cyclone, I would say. People have been doing it. I don't know if you know Ricky. There's a guy named Ricky. Yeah. Um, Ricardo. You don't know Ricardo? Well, yeah. Director SM, Ricardo, and they have some other people too. Their man is first generation. I would say Cyclone is second generation. That's with us. Cyclone is second generation, and I feel like we—it's our responsibility, pretty much, to like bring it, bring that quality to the island. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. I feel like filmmaking is a whole process that people don't really understand, like the amount of work that is required to make a high quality picture, film, story. Like there's so many different roles that go into making a film. Like when people see the credits of any film, that is like a gigantic team of people that are each doing a specific role that makes this final picture look as amazing as it does. Like even from like the people that just manage the sound to the people that then have to edit everything then you have color grading you've seen you know sound effects video effects all of these things that when you're first shooting the film like you're not realizing that there's still all of this post-processing work to do like okay yeah you have the script you you take all of your shots um there's still so much work that goes into it after but that entire process of even like having the right gear making sure that you know the the rate at which you're capturing your film, um, like how, what is the frequency that you're capturing your sound? All of these things like impact the final piece. And I do think it is a bit, you know, sad that people look at St. Martin and are like, oh yeah, if it's bad quality, then it's from there. Um, But I also feel like there's something beautiful about something that's so bad that it's good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it, like there's like a, I don't know, like an aesthetic to stuff that like, like even now, like when you look at like vintage video games, like you would say that that sucks compared to video games today, but it like falls within its own genre of like people now go out of their way to make shitty video games just to sort of replicate that aesthetic. And I don't know. Yeah. For me, there's something like cute about something that's bad, like, but it's like also if it's intentional versus like, okay, no, this really does suck. And these people don't know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I feel like that whole filmmaking process is just something that I had to learn for myself because like I, you know, with YouTube, like it's a lot of work to even like post regularly. And, you know, I think like when people watch like a nine minute, 10 minute video on YouTube, they're like, oh my God, like, yay, I want more. Not realizing that that takes like hours of work in the back end just to get that 10 minutes of footage that 
paints a beautiful story and you're not thinking about all of the layers of like okay you have your you know a role your b role you have all of these sounds that you have to also enter you know mix through this entire production um and then make sure that when you export it you export it correctly so that it actually looks good and it, you know it will be good for the format that you're then going to upload to and there's just like i feel like so much that's changed in the evolution of film that people aren't even really thinking about that when they're just watching the final product but i feel like as a filmmaker you really have to dissect all of these different layers to see like okay but how did they actually do that how did they get that shot how why does that transition look like that and it's a learning process. You know, I really do appreciate you mentioning all of those people because, yeah, I don't know shit when it comes to St. Martin's, like, who does what in film and, like, who, like, is a videographer versus editors versus producers and stuff like that. Um, but it is incredible to know that there are people out there that have supported you and just, like, even getting your feet wet of like how to learn that process of making media and now that you guys are reading you know take that upon yourself and experiment and kind of really want to show others like hey like if you want to do this thing like you're not alone you know there's people around you that also have this passion and want to be a part of that and I agree I definitely already think you guys are inspiring people in film like even from just the the clips that I've seen like it's it's good. Like it's hilariously good. And I'm yeah excited to see sort of when you guys do post consistently, but I also like, I don't know, like I had that sort of pressure on YouTube when I first was like, Oh, I want to be a YouTuber. So I need to post every week because that's what YouTubers do. And then you realize how much work it takes to post every week. And you're like, fuck that. Can't do that. Um, this is too stressful. I cannot be this stressed out over something that's supposed to be fun. And I had to accept that, like, the creative process, like, capitalism almost makes the creative process have to be, like, this thing that you just have to be churning out, churning out, churning out. And to some degree, like, I get that. Like, in your body of work, not every piece is going to be, like, five-star Picasso masterpiece level work. But I don't know. Like, for me, there's, like, the organicness of creation that... I at least I took that pressure off of myself of like I'm not gonna have to post every week every month when it comes to video when I create it I create it but I want to ensure that like the story has like very like clear intention versus like oh I'm just making a YouTube video that's on like trend with every other YouTuber but doesn't really speak to me and then I feel like oh like why does this suck and I'm like well you're out here stressing yourself for no reason you know but yeah, I agree with that. I, I feel, I feel you on that um, on that part with the the trying to feel like you have to post every week because everybody else is posting every week every day. But um, I I could say I feel like I'm on on both sides because one side I understand when it comes to like building a when it comes to building a fan base or building. Yeah, building a fan base, you have to be consistent. You can't just post. You know, it's a lot. You building it from the ground up. You know, so it. It works, but yeah, I also feel you. I also feel you on the doesn't have to be every week or every day. You know, it could be it could be maybe every month. Cause I I was having a conversation with um with one of my friends too that that create, and I was like, yo, consistency is whatever you make it. If you post once a month, that's like you consistent. You know, you know you don't have to do it every day or every week. If you post once every two months, like it's still consistent. You keep that, you're still consistent. You know. It's just whatever time, whatever works for you, you try to stick with that, you know? 
we'll start post we'll start posting eventually i mean i guess like what is like your your creative process when it comes to thinking about skits like is it like somebody on the team has an idea then somebody like there's someone specific that writes the script or is it usually like everybody is involved in every step of the process even the editing and you know like all the post-production work required to really bring the skit to life you know <laughs> yeah so uh my team the, the team consists of is three of us is ayan as young space cadet and then there's Chano, Chano D the Don, aka Mr. Fiends and the Giants. And then there's me. And we all do everything. So we all write, we all film, we all edit. But yeah, we we do everything together. So like we we even we we, we take turns. So so example, if I have a concept, I'll be like, yo, I have this concept. I I may write it because it's like my concept or whatever. And then we would work together on on the shot listing. So it's like what kind of shots would work, you know, how can we bring this vision to life? And then depending on on like everybody's schedule, like we might assign the editing to somebody else, you know. And that's one thing too. What happened? What what kind of what kind of um? I don't want to say messed us up, cause it kind of helped us too. But when we first started with Skiz, the crazy part is people people started contacting us for jobs. It was like, yo, how much do you charge to film for for like a commercial or whatever? And we were like, charge. We just we having fun making skits and stuff. It was like Charles, you guys, you guys want us to do videos for you professionally, and then yeah, so it transitioned from just doing skits for fun to people hitting us up to make videos for them. And then when we started making videos for other people, doing like film jobs and stuff, we kind of got this like sidetracked from the from like creating our own personal content. And um, there's nothing wrong with with making you know making money off of videos and stuff like that. But for us, like the end goal, we would like to like. We would love to monetize our content, you know. We'll do both, but like we really want to be able to make drop our content, make our create, just create, and then you know make money off of that. And that's that's kind of like the angle. But um, but yeah, the 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 film jobs, because you have to balance. And the film jobs became so much at one point that it's like yeah, we didn't even have time for skits, you know, because we have our regular jobs, and then we had to do film jobs, and then it's like yeah, when are we gonna do these skits, you know? After a while, like in twenty in okay, so in twenty eighteen, I, I could give you I could break on timeline. In twenty eighteen is when we started and we got our we started getting introduced introduced to job jobs and then we were like, yo, at the end of twenty eighteen, we were like, Okay, yo, we gotta we losing we losing track of the vision. These jobs cool, but we gotta have a balance, you know. We gotta make time for the skits too, because that's the that's the core of Wokaling Studios, you know. That's the core of this company. So then in twenty nineteen, we was trying to trying to balance the jobs and all regular jobs in the skits and it was kind of like us failing at doing that because we still ended up doing jobs because you know it's like the more money more money to get gear more money to you know do everything to, to help us help the company to help make i guess make make it possible to do even better quality skits you know we get gear there's a lot of gear that goes into filmmaking you know and yeah we're trying to upgrade as a company as well and then so 2019 was kind of like, yeah, figuring out how to balance all of that. And then 2020, like right before COVID hit, early 2020, we had so much jobs that I, me and um a friend, we decided that, me and, and Chano, we decided that we were going to do like, do it like full time, you know? Because it's like so much jobs, like I'm staying up late editing videos and then I got to wake up early to go to work and then on the job, 
I'm not even doing my job. I'm editing videos on the job, you know? <laughs> editing videos on the job. So it's like, yo, so much time is going into this. Like, it's time to do it full time. You know, it makes sense now. And then, so when we started doing it full time, that's when COVID hit. And like, then we had so much jobs lined up for like the whole of 2020. And majority of it kind of like, yeah, had to, got canceled because, yeah, you know, because of COVID or whatever. So... Then we we kind of started like started back kind of focusing on the skits. We shot we shot more we shot a couple of skits in twenty twenty, but that's when we decided like okay we're not gonna pause these. Let's try to like stack as much as possible, and then we can like have like a whole rollout plan with it, you know. But in in twenty twenty as well, surprisingly people still wanted videos, you know. So we still had a couple jobs here and there. Shout out to to Laura. I don't know if you know Color Me on um, Color Me SXM that project. Yeah, that Color Me SXM project we did. Um, all the videos for it, so like the time lapses you see, like the promo videos, the after movie, everything. We did that for the for the mural project. And Laura, Laura was our um our first client that kind of paid us. You can say what we were worth because like with with these jobs, when we when we charge people, we get them like a we don't really get them like the full full price, you know. We just get them like a price that we feel like will work or whatever. And then Laura, and it's like even we. You could even say that it's not really oh, like we didn't even see our worth as well, you know. But Laura, for example, she she um she she used to do she she was a filmmaker as well, and she did that like off like off island. I think it was in the, in Europe or somewhere, right? So then when we gave her the, our price for for certain job for the for the for the job, she was like, "That's it." We're like, "Yeah, we do it for this price. This this a good price to us. We do it, you know." And then she's like, "Nah, you guys work more than this, like." And then when she did the calculation, we was like, yo, you gonna pay us this to do that? And she was like, Yeah, like this is what this is what it should look like. And we was like, hey, okay, all right, cool, you know. So it was like it was a mixture of not even knowing our work and figuring out like, okay, yeah. And it's a mixture of not even knowing our work and then being in an island that doesn't know it as well, you know, because they're not even used to to film companies being on the island, like actual film companies, they're not used to even like, for example, for for certain shoots, you have to get permission from the police, for example, right, to do certain to do certain shoots. You know, see, Martin, it's not normal for like a road to close down because a production is happening. You know, but in the states and all these other places, that's normal. You know, so it's even like the whole island in general is not used to that whole that whole thing. But hopefully, one day, you know, one day it will be. And like when they see the price for certain videos, they will see the worth in it. You know, like I know I know some I know some company some some people some not even companies like freelance well. It could be a company too, but some freelancers, like it's a grant for them just to show up and the camera isn't, isn't even on yet, you know? That's just for them to show up. You check like that, yeah, so it's like, it's a lot that goes into it. And if they do, if any of them do any research for music videos and stuff like that, you'll be hearing some crazy numbers that you, that are, yeah, you'll be hearing some crazy numbers. Like I'm talking like car prices for video shoots, you know? So, hey, but yeah, one day, I feel like one day the island will evolve and reach to a level where they, they see the worth in it as a whole and as a people, you know. Now for a message from our sponsors. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you are enjoying this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a review. It 100% helps us grow this podcast and get our message out there to help and inspire others. Have thoughts or opinions you want to share? Join the conversation on Anchor or on Spotify. 
I love to hear from you all, and I can't thank you enough for your support. With that, let's get back to the good stuff. With creative work, it it is tough sometimes getting people to understand the work that you do because people see a video and they're like oh I could shoot that like why why do it why does it cost this much but in reality it does take a lot of work from even the ideation of a film to actually figuring out okay what are the shots that we actually have to shoot what are the different angles from that shot that we need to get that day are there different sounds that we need to capture on set versus after to actually make the clip sound the way that you want it to um, and then even just like, yeah, like, how are you going to transition? Are you using digital assets in that? Like all of that costs money, you know, like even the programs to edit cost money. Like this is not free, you know, if you want to shoot like a really good film and even building the skill set to know how to use those programs to their fullest, all of that takes time. And so people are like, oh yeah, but you just shot something quick. Like it's not going to be that much. Oh, but it is though. Why? If, if it's that easy, you go do it and we going to see at the end what it looking like and we can go from there. But yeah, I think like with the island... Because like you said, it's not something that people see a lot of. Like they don't have that mental framework to be like, this is great work and this isn't. So they're just like, oh, like I, I'm going to lowball you because you're my friend, right? Like we have friend and family price, right? Like how much money you think I got, bro? Um, but it's like, bro, you want you want something high quality, right? Like you're going to have to pay for it. Like it's not an easy thing. And I agree, like, like the projects in the States cost millions of dollars to shoot a film, you know what I mean? So that it could make billions of dollars, you know? And it's interesting, like even learning about how like the film industry in the States has changed because of technology and like prior when there was more like DVDs and like all of these like cassettes, like how even their business model has had to change with streaming and like how that actually like impacts their bottom line. And that's why the films that we see today are not like the films that we used to see growing up because they simply can't afford to make films like that and make money off of them. And it's just like really crazy because as consumers, like, you just think, like, oh, yeah, like, Netflix sucks, you know, like, there isn't anything good on Netflix, like, everything is just reruns or, like, taking old stuff that people are already have seen and just putting it on this platform, um, but the work that it takes to make a profitable film, it's it's really difficult, and I don't think people acknowledge that enough, and so I think it's great to even have this type of conversation where we can highlight that awareness of, like, no, like, this stuff takes a lot of money to bring to life like it's not just easy peasy work it takes a lot of effort uh but going back to the gear that you guys use I'm curious like how has sort of your evolution of gear changed like is there specific brands that you guys like really love compared to others or was it just more so on like what you had accessible and just learning from that okay well we have first started off we first started off with a canon and I got love for Canon, Canon gang all day, every day. Um, so we had two Canons, um, Canon, the, the, what was it? The, oh, damn, what was the name of the, the, the TA, yeah, the Canon TA, TA, something like that, the T, it was a TA and there's another one, but yeah, the Canon, it was Canon, and, um, I was the only one that didn't have a camera, and then when I got mine, I was like, I was looking into, um, something that 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 was a little 
better for like low light situations because we all we all been in there where we're trying to shoot in low light and it looks nice like with your eyes because you know your eyes have more dynamic range so it looks nice but then when you put out the camera it's, it's like terrible you know and like lighting ways too we don't even have the best lights to light the situation even lighting lighting itself is is an art on its own you know so you have to learn how to light and we don't even know how to light properly so yeah i was like okay i need something that could perform well in low light and then i stumbled across the, like the sony brands because they're better in low light in general and yeah so it was from canons to sony's and then we we also had like we had a couple of gimbals here and there we our gimbal um rest in peace to cassandra but yeah our gimbal our first gimbal was a it was a zion crane and then she stopped working because we had a, a shoot at the beach and yeah she she got wet <laughs> you got wet and you know the salt the salt did his thing <laughs> and yeah rest in peace to cassandra but we got another gimbal it was is a is a Zion crane as well, but it's a different one. Is the is the Weeble S? Yeah, there's there's a lot of technical terms, but um, but yeah, but we named that one Cassandra too, just to honor Cassandra. <laughs> we also got a Steadicam with the with the like the vest and everything with the with the arm that comes out and then it connects to the Steady. Yeah, we got that too. We we been we been upgrading, you know. So, but we still this there's still some there's so much there's still so much more that we want you know so much technical stuff that we that we that we have to get to get to to level up you know creatively but yeah but we but we've been we've been we've been working on our craft too you know so so besides trying to like film skits we was, we've been studying that level well we've been spending time studying because it's, it's a whole it's a we're self-taught you know so there's a lot of stuff, even though we kind of figured out certain things, there's a lot of stuff that we have to learn still, you know, because we're still not even where we're supposed to be in terms of um the standard of quality. So we have to do a lot more research, a lot more digging. And my goal, for example, if I ever have a conversation with somebody that, that's been on like a professional film set and or or any case like that, I can have a conversation with them and speak the same language. So all that technical terms that you hear with the gear, like, you talk about lenses, but then when you talk about like anamorphic lenses, for example, like I wouldn't be lost, you know. I'll be I want to be able to like see a camera and be like, okay, yeah, this is that this is that Ari, the Ari Alexa Mini. Nah, it's not a mini, it's the mini LF because of this and that, you know, it's like be it, yeah, understanding, understanding like everything with it, you know. And it's 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 basically being a nerd with it, you know, studying everything and like you know, example for some for some for the, for some military for soldiers, for example, right? They could hold a gun and know if the gun is empty, how much bullets it has just by the weight, you know? All that that like technical aspect, all that all that yeah, all of that is what I wanted want with the um with the film, for example. So it's like a lot of studying, a lot of digging, and yeah, a lot even paying attention to like the masters, the masters of this craft, the people that run things from the OGs. From before we were born to like the ones that inspire inspire the people that we watch today, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of homework, but yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of studying, and that's what we've been doing to 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 upgrade ourselves. And and besides even studying too, it's important to know that you have to experiment as well. So you could know all of these things, but you literally have to go and do it and shoot, you know. So finding time to go out and experiment with certain things, you know, special effects, trying to do certain effects, is like okay, would this work? Would this not work? Okay, how to do it? So it's a lot from the studying. It's like with school where you have your theory and your practical. It's like that same thing. So how do you guys go about studying like, or at least getting this type of information? Like, are you going to film school or is it really all like self-taught through YouTube and just like literally 
going online and like learning what do filmmakers think like how do cameramen think how does sound think how does lighting think yeah okay so with that my advice to um to people that wants to like study it okay on youtube there's two different um there's two different words there's like there's like the there's like the basic the basic camera the consumer camera level where you learn okay like the entry level stuff where you learn like okay b-roll how to do this just like the basic stuff with like camera settings exposure or whatever the entry level stuff and there's a lot of content creators that just make mad videos on this stuff and then there's like the other side where is where you hear things that are like industry level um vernacular for example for example and the way you get to to this level is well the way i got to it at least was i started i started losing interest in the consumer level stuff and i started finding videos where um people would interview people from the industry right and they would have a long conversation about how they did a certain shot that we see like and this is information that you can't find anywhere else for example you know so there's a lot of digging on youtube and once you hear a conversation from somebody that's in the industry you will hear a lot of terms that you've never heard before you know so it's like okay what 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 is what is that you know it's like, okay, when you hear about lighting, you know, you have like your key light and your fill light, right? And that, that's like the basic stuff, right? But then with this, this um, with the people in the industry, they talk, you would hear stuff like negative fill. It's like, okay, I know what fill is, but what negative fill is? Okay, let me research that, you know? So it's like, fine, I, I found more interest with interviews and content with people that are from the industry that disclose information opposed to people that, yeah, just talk about, yeah, how to do this, um, how to do this shot, the base, well, the basic, the basic, um, the basic stuff. I could, I could, I could drop names, like, example, I don't know if you know, like, Peter McKinnon, for example, he's, like, a YouTuber, now nah, you don't know, okay, well, yeah, like, he's a YouTuber that a lot of, like, beginners would know of, for example, but he's not, like, he's not, he's just a YouTuber, he'll teach you how to make YouTube videos, he'll teach you how to do, like, commercials or whatever, like, wedding videos or whatever, but, you don't get you don't get the the deeper level stuff, you know. And there's a lot of people like him that just make YouTubers that make that kind of content. But yeah, my like I feel like when I could give I could give you a name, for example, where you could do your own research because it seems like you're into into film as well. So um, there's a guy named Indy Mogul, and Indy as an independent, and you know what a mogul is, right? And he was the first time I started hearing about different things that I've never heard of from any YouTuber, you know. And yeah. And they they will break down step by step. He would he would say, okay, this is how you you did this shot. Before you move on from that scene, how did you do it? You know, and then like they will map it out. He'd be like, okay, we have the lighting set up from here. We use these kind of lights, and it's all as all industry level um gear they would be speaking about. So you learn you learn way you learn way much from those type of conversations. So I started looking for those conversations, and once you know how YouTube is, once you subscribe to a certain um thing of content, you find more. You know, so. So yeah, so I I I've been on that side of YouTube on this side where I know the people can't see my hands, but I've been on this side. I know you can see me. Been on this side, and that's how you get it. You find the conversations that from people within the industry, and they'll use certain words that you wouldn't even hear from the regular YouTube filmmakers. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Did you ever consider going to film school at all, or you're just like we're gonna just self train? until you reach like a point where you feel really 
just like clear and confident in like the foundation that you built for yourself versus like getting like a structured program. Like I like I'm assuming study financing probably does not have that on their priority list. But um, yeah, like is that something you consider doing? Seeing that you really like clearly love love this stuff. Yeah, film school. Um, I didn't really have a plan to go to film. I'm actually in school right now. I'm at, at a, I'm at a school called uh, Greater University of Applied Science, and I study this thing called creative business. And one of the 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 guy that interviewed me, he asked me that same thing because I was he was asking me about film, and then I was just talking about so much things pertaining to film. And he was like, "Okay, so why are you applying here and not a film school?" And I'm I'm more interested in the in the business aspect of media. The course is like a media management course, you know. And I'm more interested in the business aspect of media. And with film school, you don't really get like in-depth business. You might get a little bit of it, which is more like like technical stuff, which is okay. But because because I already um we already had like a like a company per se, I want to be able. I wanted to go to school to learn how to you know run a business or whatever. Okay. And and it's and the, the the course I take is a mixture of business and like a creative side too, you know. So. I feel like it was it was a better blend than just going to a film school, and and I'm not against film school. I think like like film school is film school definitely has its benefits. But yeah, for me, I was more interested in the business side. Maybe if I didn't have any, um, maybe if I wasn't self-taught, I don't know everything. But maybe if I didn't have no experience, maybe if I was starting from level zero, maybe I would have um been more interested in film school. But because I'm not starting from level zero, I was more interested in the business and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel it. And I guess Final Cut or Premiere Pro? Or do you not even use either either of those? <laughs> Premiere Pro. Never never use Final Cut. First we started off on, on Sony Sony Vegas. I don't even know if you know about that program. But yeah, we started off with Sony Vegas and then after we it was it was a garbage program. No disrespect to Sony, but maybe it's a better program though, but at the time <laughs> at the time it was garbage. And then we we stumbled upon Premiere Pro, and then we was using that ever since. But now we're trying to, we might transition into DaVinci. I don't know if you heard of DaVinci. Yeah, DaVinci DaVinci started off as a as a color grading program, and that that like a lot of professional colorists use DaVinci to do their work, and it it now it's it's a program where you it's not just for color. You can literally edit on it too. You could do everything you could do in Premiere. You can do in DaVinci as well. And DaVinci is free too, so like with all the good stuff, it's for free. So I I, I think you should check that out too. You know, then you can edit your YouTube videos on it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been using Final Cut, and I don't know. Like I I have heard of DaVinci Resolve, and for me, yeah, like the color grading part, like on Final Cut, is okay. Like it's I, you know, it gets the job done. But like, there's like certain things that I see. Like even just like reels and stuff, but I love like how they're able to like bring out warmth in a film shot or just really create this sort of mood. Um, and I'm like trying to determine if it's partially the camera that they use to get that like that soft focus or what have you. Um, but also just like that that the color grading for me is such an important part because, like you said, like with the dynamic range of lenses and what cameras can get, like there's only so much you can do with that but then when you can really color grade to pull out the tones that you really want to highlight um or like even like the depth that you really want to bring focus to it adds more like 
drama to just even the shot than just like if it were purely a raw shot that you just are like here here but yeah that's that's interesting and i agree anything that's free is obviously better premiere pro come at a pretty penny so i feel it (laughs) at least final cut you pay for one time and you got that bitch forever but yeah, it's it's always interesting to hear what people prefer, you know, because it's like people have different teams that they're on. And so I'm always just like, where are people on that line? And I guess like, do you guys use a lot of digital assets for like, because like obviously music videos on the island, like there's a lot of stuff that people be have going on. Um, is there like a specific source that you guys prefer? Or you guys just pretty much source from anywhere for your assets and all of the extra like effects that you use in like your videos to make it more interesting than just like a very linear timeline or flow. <laughs> yeah, we 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 do we do a lot of digging for for free effects and stuff. And right, right actually right now, um, you can find a lot of like packs, a lot of free packs where it's like effects that you could just drag and drop and adjust it how you want to adjust it. Before, you have to literally make the effects and the animations yourself and do the, the keyframes, everything by yourself. But yeah, now they have, we have so much free stuff that you could use to make the video look better. And even have some stuff we even paid for because uh, you know we see the value in it and we want to use it. Like even um for like sound design, we have like a, like a couple sound packs. Like we bought one the other day that we have to like go over and explore with my sound packs or whatever. But but yeah, and it was it, it came with like a it was like an editing masterclass, but it came with the 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 sound pack, and we was like, okay, we'll just buy this for the sound pack, you know, because we don't even know if the like the edit the the commercial how they promoted the editing was like, mm, it it looks alright, I guess, but this sound pack looked crazy, so we'll buy it for the sound pack. So yeah, so it's a, a mixture of like doing a lot of digging on YouTube, where you could find. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if you know, but there's like like a lot of like green screen videos on YouTube where you could find the effects and you could just like take. You can edit the green screen note, you know, and then use those effects too. Some of them garbage because there's YouTube, but yeah, some of them are good. Some of them have a link, a download link where you can go and download packs. And yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of research and digging and figuring out like where to find things that work for your needs for that shot and all of that. But I guess like with working with clients, like was there a process that you guys ended up eventually creating where like it was very made it easier for you guys to work with different clients and to get the like the shots that they were looking for because I feel like as a creative you know when you're working with different people people all have a different vision you know and then you as the person that's actually doing the filming like you might have a different way of looking at things like how do you sort of go about ensuring that like there's consensus, I guess, between you and the client. So then when you present like the final product, they're like, okay, yeah, I like this versus like, bro, what the hell did you do? Like, like what's this? You know? Yeah, we always make sure we're on the same page um, with the client from the jump. So we go over the, the, the pre-production process together. Usually we're the ones um storyboarding. It's better to storyboard with the client because sometimes yeah you 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 don't get the same they're like okay I didn't expect this but yeah we um yeah we make sure we we're on the same page from the jump and we we talk to them like and a lot of things like they don't really know a lot of like technical stuff for um certain things. So we'll have the discussion and then we'll be like okay we translate it we're like okay by this okay we have to do this we have to do this shot we have to do that shot and then we'll let them know 
what we can't and can't do or what might not work. Because they could have an idea and then it's like, okay, yeah, that that's missing. For that to work, we'll need this. Or for that to work, we'll need a, a certain type of gear for that and we can't even provide that. We don't even have that access, you know? So, yeah. We we we're we're involved in the pre we're, we're both involved in the pre-production process. We never really had a situation where the client was fully confused at the final product. <laughs> we just have we it's mostly um mo- it mostly is either they're like completely satisfied or they're like okay tweak tweak this like take this shot out because somebody in the background we can't have this person wearing this shirt in the background so take it you know to take this shot out it's mostly stuff like that so. So far, yeah. So far, we've been on the on the same on the same page. But yeah, we ha- you have to be on the same on you have to work together in the pre production process and we and have those meetings before before the camera even turn on. You know, some sometimes sometimes you figure out if you can even help the client. You know, figure out like okay, you it would be better for you to check this instead, check this person instead because yeah, we can't we wouldn't be able to help you out with this or with this. Yeah, you know, it's better to have that have those meetings and and in in the in the beginning definitely i guess then for like people that like want to get into this industry and they're like kaverin this this looks so cool but like i don't know where to start and like i don't know nobody and i have maybe my iphone and that's it what do i do if i i just like want to you know just get into film, just making little clips, you know, little TikToks and little reels, whatever, to just like get in that process of building like the lens of a filmmaker. Cause like even making a TikTok in a reel, like you still have to have some sort of storyline. You can still have your little edits. You can still color grade that, you know, add your little sound effects to still build that sort of like lens and process that you can then apply to bigger projects. Uh, I guess, like, do you have any advice, especially, you know, because we are moving more towards this creator economy um, where content is really becoming, you know, the product that people are, you know, thirsty for nowadays. Um, yeah, like, I guess do you just have any, you know, advice for the, the young St. Martiners that are like, I want to be like you. And they're like, I don't know how, though. I have no clue. <laughs> okay, so I would say for those people, <laughs> I would say YouTube is your best friend. And also, don't feel like you have to go to film school to be a great filmmaker. There are a lot of people that didn't go to film school. I could say some names, but I don't know if you, you ever heard of David Fincher. I don't know nobody, bro. Clearly, you could you could do the research. You can even type in filmmakers that didn't go to film school. You know, even Tarantino, he didn't even go to film school either. Tarantino, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> they didn't go to film school either. So, yeah, um, you could do it's just mad research. Use you have the internet, you could use it. The same, the same um, beginner content that I was complaining about, right, is the same beginner content that people should should look for. And when you find when you find one video, you don't just stick with that one video. You know, you like you look, you cross reference, you cross reference to make sure that things um correlate and make sense. You know that because you could from one video you could understand it one way, and then when it comes up again in another video, it's like okay, this sounds completely different. So and it, and, and it's all it's all um. You're not in school, so it's like the, the 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 things you get, you don't have to like double check. You know, it's like it's school, so it's like you know it's you know it's accurate. But with this, you just don't just stick with one video. Watch multiple videos on the same topic with ex- with every everything beginner level at least, and then d- develop even like take take your own notes. Like it's your own school, you know, it's your own school. And for anybody that wants to be a filmmaker, 
there's this playlist on YouTube called Four Years of Film School in 100 Videos, okay? If you can make it through that playlist, I feel like then you're ready. If you can't make it through that playlist, then yeah, it's just probably not for you. If, if everything in that is like boring for you, then not, then not. Don't, don't, yeah, don't even do it. But if you, if you love it, then yeah, you will make it through that playlist and then you'll be good. I even, it even took me a while to get through it at, at a certain point because like I was kind of procrastinating here and there, you know. But when I got through it, I was like, yeah, this, yeah, this helpful so it's called four years of film school in 100 videos and it's on youtube yes people you're here use the resources that are free and at your fingertips if you want it go get it you know but that's so awesome i'm i'm really excited to see sort of the projects that you guys come out with like i hope like st martin does get to a point where we have our own tv shows and our own films and our own stories that really like amplify the experiences of the people that live there, you know, and I feel like your work definitely does that. And I feel like that's the type of representation that to me matters the most. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, I actually want to see like, authentic Caribbean voices telling their story. Like, I'm telling you, I'm waiting for the day we have like a St. Martin boondocks. Oh, my gosh, I cannot. Oh, <laughs> Yo, that'll be crazy for you. It would be fire. Like, oh my God, like I could just, I could see it now. Like, I'm just like, this would be so amazing. Like, oh, the things we could do. But it takes, you know, one step at a time. And I'm sure like you guys, when you guys continue growing Focal Length Studios, like you never know, like it might be something you guys pitch one day. Who knows? Netflix might be like, guys, give us an idea. And you're like, you remember? Nicole did have that thought. You know, the Marin Boondocks. You never know. You yeah, never we'll, know. We'll, we'll cut. We'll cut that check too. You know, give you a little percentage. You know. <laughs>